Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors Studio is mobile in Raleigh, North Carolina, where tonight Penn State plays in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. It'll take on NC State tonight at 7:15. Airtime 7 o'clock this evening. Here from PNC Arena, the home of the Hartford Whalers, I mean the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> I walked into the arena today and I said, welcome to the home of the Hartford Whalers. And this, <laughs> this, this arena worker shot me this dirty look and I said, hey, look, you stole my team, man. <laughs> All right. You should have brought your shirt. You left the Whaler shirt at home. <laughs> You think I did. All right. (laughs) Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. A first for LeBron James. LeBron now the other way. Takes it to the top of the key. Hesitates down the left alley. Drew contact. Oh, my goodness. Nothing called LeBron. He's going to get a technical. Did. Now he got thrown out. Wow, he got a double technical. Kane Fitzgerald just threw LeBron out of the game with 159 remaining in the third quarter. LeBron went right at Fitzgerald. I'm not sure I've ever seen that. I mean, LeBron didn't make contact. He went at him. I mean, certainly he deserved one technical. Oh, my goodness. But he was just given a double technical for basically one exchange. I mean, he went right at Kane Fitzgerald, made a gesture at him. He did throw his arm at him. I mean, there was a ton of contact. 20,000 people showed up at an arena. Not one of them showed up to watch that dude officiate. All right, so... (laughs) Unless there's some supervisor there, not even that person was interested in watching a referee. <laughs> All right, let's bring in Donnie Collins, Scranton Times Tribune. Hi, Donnie, how are you? I'm doing well. Well, it's uh, been an interesting news cycle, but nothing that was not expected along the way. What were your thoughts uh, watching how it played out with Joe Moorhead? Yeah, I don't think that's. It, it, it's nothing that you, anybody really would have been surprised about. I mean, he, he was, he was, he did what he, he he did what he said he was going to do. He came, he changed the game for Penn State, and he got a job at, at, at a great with a great program with with a lot of talent in it. And he took it, and you know, and that's I think it's a great hire for for Mississippi State. But but I, I really think it's, it's great news too for Penn State because boy, I mean, this is what four straight years now where you've had you know a. a, a Big school looking at one of the coordinators and you know trying to try, trying to pry him free and, and and I think that's really healthy for a program. I, I know I mean probably everybody's going to agree with this, but but you know it, it, it's not a jobs program. It's a you know it, it, it's a you know it's a competitive business. I mean you you, you want to keep improving so somebody will, will hire you to to do a job that you've always dreamed about doing and and Joe Moorhead's going to do that now and I, I think that's great for Penn State. I think it, that's a good sign for the position. You know the, the people are going to be watching it to see what, what what you can do in it and, and, and move on. But, but yeah, I, I mean, I, part of me thinks it's a daring hire by, by Mississippi State because Moorhead's never coached in the South, and I, I wonder how that's going to go. But from, a, from an X's and O's standpoint and from a, 
you know, from a coaching standpoint, from a, you know, getting a guy who is going to motivate his players and, and, and get everybody rallied around each other. And after you've lost the coach, you really didn't want to lose. I, I don't think Mississippi State could have done better. Uh, great. I think they ended up doing a, getting a great hire out of this because Jeremy Pruitt had been the other name that had been mentioned. But when you look at what you know, I think it's you mentioned the right part. If you're good, then people want to take a look at your people. Well, the reason Penn State's having their people looked at is because Penn State's good. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and not only are they good, but they're they're innovative. They've done some things in the. You look at the numbers, I mean, and and you know, you, you watch them and you know what you're seeing, and you know you know they've been really good. You know what he's done with McSorley. You know how you know how good he's. You know how good the system's been for Barkley and you know Deshaun Hamilton, Gasicki. You can go down the list, but but you know in a situation like this, when you really look at the numbers, I mean, they were in 2015 with some good players on that offense. They were 101st in the nation in scoring. And this year they were seventh. I mean, it's unbelievable what he's done in two straight years with with essentially, I mean, pretty much the same group of guys. I mean, he lost Godwin, but this is a this is. It, it, it's been an, an incredible run, and people are taking notice. And, and, and I, you know, and I get it. You don't want to lose Joe Moorhead if you're a Penn State fan. You, you want him to stick around forever, but that's not the way of the world. That's not what that's not what Joe Moorhead's in this for. He's in it to, you know, to, to, to help himself to get, you know, to, to get a to get a chance to do a job that he's always wanted to do, and, and to show that he can do it just the same way James Franklin's done it. And you know, I, I think when you're when you're paying attention when, when you're Putting up those kind of numbers and people are paying attention, that's not just a good sign for the coordinator. It's a great sign for the program. And, 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 and look, whoever replaces him, if he does a great job, then he, he's going to get looked at for jobs like this. It's just the way of the world. Then there's the other part. There's a reality to this. There's the vision of the head coach. He has a vision as to how he wants to play, so he hires someone to do that and makes a good choice. How confident should Penn State fans be Based on the hires we've looked at from James Franklin about him making the right hire this time, I, I, I think he's made nothing but really, really good hires. I, yeah. I, I think people, you know, he he lost a couple of guys a couple you know a couple of years ago. Had a, you know, and, and and I get it. You know, you replace you replace Bob Shoup from from within, but that that's a good hire to have from within. You did a good job to, to have Brent Pry on your staff. Then you then you go out and you replace you replace that position. And you, and, and you get Tim Banks, who people, I mean, they, they swear by Tim Banks. I mean, Marcus Allen loves him. Yep. So, I mean, he's obviously done a, a really, really fine job for, for Marcus Allen, and, and that's your best player. That's your, your your best player in the secondary right there. So, so I mean, you have to like that higher. You have to like the line grover higher, because I, I think he's he's done well with, with what he's had, and that's a, that's a position that I think that's only going to get better. And you know, he's, he's really done... He brought some. Some of the coaches he brought in, obviously, are, are pretty good. They're still around, but I, I think when he's had a chance to fill the job, he's he's hit a home run. I mean, and the more that hire is, is a grand slam. I mean, yeah. to, to go out and to go out and find a you know a guy coaching in the you know in, in the FCS ranks and, and bring him on board because I mean that could have went either way, and and, and and the guy comes in and changes everything. So that that it's just it's just a grand slam hire. So I I would think if if I'm a fan. I'm thinking Franklin's going to get the right guy, but you know, you know and also if I'm a pessimist, I'm thinking, oh, he's due to miss. But but I, I don't think he will. I, I think this position's too high profile now, and, and there's too many parts coming back 
and and I, I think some some really really good offensive coordinator is going to want to come in, or somebody on the staff who's ready to, to get promoted is going to get the job, and, and I think do a do a pretty good job in, in the way that Moorhead has has taught them how to do it. How did you evaluate Penn State's stretch run, Donnie? Uh, yeah, it's tough because I, I think you know, you know, Franklin kind of said five, six, seven times in the press conference the other day. You know, I, I really like where we're at, and then you know, you had Trace McSorley after the game saying it's a it's a bittersweet ten and two record, and I agree with both of them. I mean, I, I, I really, I mean, look, if, if they beat either Ohio State or Michigan State, they're probably number one in the nation right now. So it, it's, it's difficult not to to be. You know, it's, not, it's difficult not to call that bittersweet, but 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 I, I like the way they rallied because it, it, you know at the same time when you, you drop two games like that, it, it could turn your season bad. I mean, you, you saw it in '97, I think, you know, where, where you know a couple losses and, and, and that that season it, it, it went sideways. And, and Franklin and the staff didn't let that get, didn't let it get sideways this year. And, and I get it; there were there were some opponent factors in there. I mean, it would have been difficult the way. You know Maryland and Nebraska play for those two teams to mm-hmm. to have beaten Penn State, especially early early in the game with Nebraska. But you know that said, you know that you still got to go and play the games. I think they played well, especially the starters. I think they were dominant the last three games, which they should have been. So you know it, it, it's difficult because you could say, well, you know they they did what they should have done, but shouldn't they always do what they shouldn't have, should have done? I mean, <laughs> so I, I think that I think it was a it was a good way to end the season. I think the bowl game will be important for them. To go out and, and play a, a good, solid team, and you know, see what they could do. But you know, it's—I I, don't—I don't think they hurt themselves in the last three weeks. But but I think there's always going to be that vision that you know, they, they, when they really could have helped themselves, they—they they, they just—they didn't play well enough. Yeah, if things do play out, Donnie, on Sunday, the way I think almost all of us think it's going to play out. It'll be the first back-to-back New Year's Six games for Penn State in 31 years. And this is only the third recruiting cycle James Franklin has had with 85 available scholarships. Is there an area of perspective we need to put all this in? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's strange to think about this, but what they did last year, and I get it, what they did last year they did, and that changes everything. But what they did was so far ahead of schedule that it, it, it kind of threw every, everything off. I mean, now you got people thinking, oh, you're a national championship contender. And, and I wrote this on, on Sunday. And, you know, I, I think you know, it's one thing to be a contender. It's one thing to be a really strong contender. And, and, and they weren't quite ready for that. They weren't quite ready to go on the road and finish off a game against Ohio State. They, they just weren't. It's not, it's not an experienced Ohio State team, which this was. So, this is a, you know, I, I think they're they're only going to get better, and it's easy to say that, but I think it's true. I I could see a situation where I mean we all think Barkley's going to going to go to the NFL, and he should, but I I I could see a situation where this team is so loaded that you know Miles Sanders and Andre Robinson and guys like that will do a good job replacing him. I I don't think they're going to take a step. Step back offensively at all next season. There'll be some questions defensively, but you know you answer them when when you get the chance to do it. So I I, I could see this this being the start. I I agree with Franklin. I, I you know I, and and he kind of I think gets a you know you know gets some eye rolls when when he tries to 
pump up the future as if the present isn't as important. And, and I, I think he, he knows the difference, but, but I, I think that the future of this team is really, you know, it, it's really, really good. And, and I, I didn't see anything at all that happened this year that changes that, including, you know, whatever that was at Michigan State with the weather and, you know, the, the, the fourth quarter collapsing of Ohio State. Speaking of Ohio State, do they get do they get a pass that other programs don't seem to get? <laughs> I'm beginning to think they might. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, I, I think it's one thing. All right, it, it's one thing for them to to get in as the one loss team last year, even though you know they didn't beat Penn State, didn't win their conference champion championship. Oh, they only have one loss. Okay, I I, I I see that, and I saw it last year at the time, and, and, and they didn't play well enough to justify it. But I saw the, the logic. I, I won't see the logic this time if Alabama doesn't get in ahead of them, because right. it's the same logic. And, and Alabama, I, I can't believe I'm going to defend Alabama. But <laughs> this, this, is like, this is like the craziest thing I've ever done. But yeah. you can't punish them because Florida State stunk. They played Florida State right. when they had their best player. They dominated right. the game. So, I mean, yeah. because because Florida State lost DeAndre Francois and, and, and they collapsed, Alabama doesn't that doesn't count as a good win for Alabama. At the time, it was a great win. You know, and, and I, I mean, I just I, I, I can't I can't picture the committee saying the Penn State in 2016. Well, you had that one really bad loss, and I, I understand you won your. You, you won. You won your conference, and you beat Ohio State. But you had that one really bad loss, and then turning around the next year and saying to Ohio State, "Yeah, I understand you won your conference, but yeah, you we're, we're going to overlook that, that that one really bad loss you had." And really, it's two really bad losses because they, Oklahoma beat them to a pulp on their home field. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really difficult to look at the same at the same situation playing itself out again, and to think. You know, they're really the, the Ohio State brand is playing a, a role in this, and 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 really, I mean, let's face it: if if Ohio State gets in, there's gonna be some questions for Gene Smith. Yeah, there are because he's on the committee now. I realize yeah. he's not allowed to vote on his team on the committee in, in the room. Influence. Yeah, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if a team lost in November by 31 points on the road for their second loss of the season. What should their fate be? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I think you're out. Yes. And I understand that you know, if, if you lose by that many in September, you could overcome it. Yes. I don't think you could overcome it in November. It, 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 it especially, I mean, look, Penn State's gonna, it, the last thing this committee wants, again, is Penn State to have a complaint. And, and, and they're going to. I mean, they beat Iowa. They, they did the same thing. They, they went to the same place and beat them. So, yeah. I mean, and, and I'm not at all saying Penn State should be in the tournament. I know you're not. But if, what I'm saying is, you, 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 if you're going to let Ohio State in, you're going you're to have five or six teams complaining, and, 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 and rightfully so. And, 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 and what, what shocks me is these guys are so image conscious and so ratings conscious. And they're going to look to a team that that they kind of snuck in last year, and that lost by thirty some, and didn't score any points. And you're going to give them another shot? Yeah. I, 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 let's let's put it this way. I, I think I I don't think the Big Ten is rooting for Wisconsin. But I think everyone else. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think a lot of other. I think, I think if I'm the committee members who'd like to play it safe, I'd be rooting for Wisconsin too. Yeah. All right, Donnie. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Appreciate the time. All right, Steve. Anytime. <laughs> okay, Donnie Collins, Scranton Times Tribune, with uh, I thought was very insightful and uh, powerful commentary from him. We'll come back with more in a moment. Brett McMurphy in the final half hour as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Lots to talk about. Brett McMurphy is going to join us in the final half hour today. And just a reminder that, uh, our thanks, by the way, to Andy Russell and to Donnie Collins. I mean, this has been quite a show so far, and that Brett McMurphy is coming up in the next half hour. Uh, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> Quite it, uh, I mean, because I'm going to talk to Brett not only about uh, what happened with Mississippi State, but I'm also going to talk to him a bit about this college football playoff. And again, it goes back to the question I asked Donnie: Is Ohio State getting a pass? I mean, you know, isn't is there a standard? And if there is, why why does the ball and the standard keep moving? Now I know every as I always talk about every game takes on its own personality. Every team takes on its own personality. Every national championship race takes on its own personality. Okay? That said, aren't there certain standards, though, that do play out year to year that have to come into play? A 31-point loss in November, which is your second of the year, should not be good, should not be bypassed. Uh, it, It makes you ask, are they doing this to pump it up for the ratings? And, of course, this was a uh, another tough day at ESPN because ESPN, by the way, you, ESPNU, excuse me, the group out of Charlotte is doing tonight's game. Um, and it's been a day where they had a lot of production people and producers laid off, another 150 laid off today at ESPN. And I'll be honest with you, ESPN is not putting out again, I'm old school so I understand that part. So I'm I'm I'm, may, I'm not going to fit in with the younger demographic in any way shape or form. Even though you know listening to the show how I relate <laughs> so well to the younger generation. You're dialed in. Um, You're more dialed uh, in than you think. Come on. Uh, well, when you have five children ages 23 to 37. <laughs> they they grandchildren, guide you. They, yeah, they, they guide they, you through. Then, then grandchildren, yeah, you, you, you're a little more dialed in than people realize. Because <laughs> believe me, they'll tell me. If I'm not dialed in, they'll tell me. Uh, in fact, they're very blunt about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> My son, my son Dan, who moves, who's so funny, he'll 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 shoot me something once in a while. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> uh, but you have 150 people there. I feel like ESPN has lost so much, has lost real touch with the sporting public in a lot of ways. Uh, and. It's affected them across the board. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. They're going to be rolling out a digital subscription service, if I have it worded correctly, sometime next right. year. 
and it's just going to see as to how that's going to you know jump off the page. I think just they're seeing what Fox is trying to do digitally, and they just want to try to come up with something cutting or, edge on their own that they can put their yet, make their stamp, put their mark on yet, something. Yet Fox has made a mistake by going all video because I mean they're website traffic is way down oh it looks like youtube it's terrible yeah i mean it's way down uh now nba viewership now we know they put a lot of money into it they put a ton of promotion into it but their regular season viewership is up 24 percent for the nba now it goes back to what tony knopp talked about yesterday and they have brilliantly promoted it but again, you go back to what they've been doing. You just feel like ESPN does a lot of guessing. Fred McMurphy was one of the casualties. While well, we think he's brilliant, he's next. Penn's Tavern is where you want to celebrate this holiday season. Whatever feel you're looking for, Penn's Tavern along the Susquehanna River can accommodate your needs. Mountain stone walls and wood floors can be found in the original dining area, giving you that old world charm. Continue back to the newly renovated River Room with 12 PA microbrews on tap. Grab a burger and sit back and relax in this cozy pub area. Penn's Tavern has the best gift certificate offer for the holidays. Buy five gift certificates of the same denomination and receive a sixth one free. Penn's Tavern, a piece of heaven on Route 147, five miles south of Sunbury. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome, great to have you with us. Today's show is brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Today's show from Raleigh, North Carolina, where tonight Penn State will take on NC State in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, 7-15. The tip-off tonight, we're on beginning at 7 o'clock this evening. All right. Very pleased to bring in someone I think is just an outstanding reporter, and that's Brett McMurphy, who did another great job on the Mississippi State story. Brett, welcome. Thanks a lot for the time you're giving us today. Thanks. Good afternoon. Good to talk to you. Good talk with you. Uh, how did the Mississippi State thing play out, and how prominent at one point was Jeremy Pruitt in this pro and con? Um, you know, I mean, it, pretty much with any – any job opening, you know, athletic directors have usually, uh, you know, two, three top candidates. Um, sometimes they've got them in a pecking order. Sometimes they don't. Some of it may be availability, timing, those sort of things. Um, I just think as far as Mississippi State, I was told, um, you know, as far back as maybe a month, that they were basically preparing that Dan Mullen would not return next season. Uh, he had an unbelievable run there at, in Starkville, but they kind of looked at the horizon, especially in the SEC. And I think when McElwain uh, was was fired at Florida, they figured, well, Florida's going to be open, Tennessee's going to be open, Texas A&M's going to be open. Right. It'd be quicker to list the schools that aren't open in the SEC that they were going to lose them. And at that point, they really started doing their homework on exactly who they would pursue and I think uh, you know that Pruitt was a possibility but I think you know Joe um, Moorhead was, was somebody that uh, they got rave reviews about and rightly so he did an unbelievable job um, at Penn State and then certainly he has the, the added bonus of being a head coach at Fordham running his own program 
And, uh, you know, last year when I was doing coaching search stories, I, I asked some sources about Joe, and they basically said, no, he, they think he's good at Penn State for another year. And uh, I think it was to get just more experience at the, at the Power 5 level. And obviously the, the numbers that Nittany Lions have put up uh, his two years as his offensive coordinator speaks for itself. But, you know, it's tough to follow somebody like Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. But I think, um, you know, the Bulldogs got, uh, got one of the best hires in the off season, and uh, you know it, it's the the sledding is tough. The degree of difficulty is tough because you know maybe not this season, but pretty much for the last five to ten years, consistently the SEC West is the toughest division in football. Yeah. Um, so he'll he'll be tested right away. But it, it's obviously a big loss for Penn State, but it's a huge opportunity um, for Moorhead. Uh, which then brings us to the next part. I know Nick Fitzgerald got hurt in the Egg Bowl game, dislocating his ankle. But in reality, did uh, what kind of program will he inherit down there? Because Dan Mullen's stability is, I think, been recognized by everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing is, it, and if you're not, if you if you're not a regular, um, you know, fan of the SEC and don't follow it that closely, I don't think people realize how great of a job that Dan Mullen has done at Mississippi State. Basically every year in uh, Hoover, Alabama, when they have the SEC meetings, they have, we vote on the SEC preseason poll. And if every year, like clockwork, Mississippi State's voted either last or second to last in the SEC West, and then come every every uh, December, there you are, and Mississippi State all of a sudden has got eight, nine, or ten wins. So uh, he certainly has the, the a solid base there. Um, you know, Fitzgerald had that had that injury, but I noticed when uh, when the news got out about uh, Moorhead taking over, he had a you know a, a pretty funny emoji. Uh, so he's he's thrilled to work uh, to work with Moorhead, but um, you know I'm they're they're pretty well set. And the thing with Mississippi State is they they usually don't get a lot of you know the five star four star guys. So they usually get they get solid players but what I'm, i guess what i'm trying to say is they get guys that kind of have to develop and make their way through the system so you, you usually have a lot of older players and the, the good news is you, the, the group you've got behind them has some experience um and so i think that kind of helps you you know maintain the program and obviously mississippi state's been able to do that you know, making whatever eight or nine consecutive bowl games, whatever it is. So I think they've got a good um, foundation in place, and you know, it'll be uh, it'll be fascinating to see kind of how Joe puts his own touch on that. Um, whether it's different things with the program or recruiting, and I see they've already got a hashtag um, with more cowbell out, and they're they're already printing T-shirts. So he's already ahead of the game. Uh, how do you see Tennessee right now, Brett? Uh, picture of a of a dumpster on fire. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the the sad thing is, is Tennessee fans are going to bellyache about whoever they're going to end up with. Well, it's right. it's their own fault the way that they handled the Shiano thing. If you don't want Greg Shiano to be your head coach because you don't think he's a good enough coach and he can't win games, that sort of thing, that's fine. I understand that. But to try to make this out that this is some kind of war taking the higher higher 
um, higher standard on this, and you know he he was mentioned as knowing having information about Sandusky and trying to justify it that way is just flat out total garbage. At best, that's hearsay. It's never been proven. If you want to say he's a bad coach, that's fine. But to, to say you don't want him because of that is comical. And what's so sad is if John Gruden would have had this so, so-called, so quote, baggage that Shiano had with Sandusky, the, the reaction of the Vols fans would have been, can we get you to a lifetime contract, John? So right. if you don't want the guys of your coach because you don't think he did a good job at Rutgers, you thought he was horrible with the Bucks, whatever, that's fine. But just don't go the route they did. And you know what? That's going to make it more difficult to hire the next coach. Um, I reported yesterday that they met with Mike Gundy. They offered him six years at $42 million. He decided to stay at Oklahoma State. He's going to get a little salary bump there. And then since then, they've had discussions with Dave Dorn. They've had discussions with uh, Jeff Brom, with Purdue, Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator at Auburn could be a possibility. Um, you know, bottom line is Tennessee's not going to get John Gruden. And for any of those people that had those fantasies that they were, they need to wake up because Gruden's not going to get the job. So they just need to accept who they're going to get. And uh, that that will be fascinating to see what happens. And I'd also put Arkansas close second behind as far as having no idea what's going to happen because Arkansas just announced they're going to have two search firms, one for the AD, one for the football coach. So I don't know what football coach wants to go into a situation where you don't know who your AD is going to be. Uh, what do you know about Scott Frost? Uh, I would ex- expect him to be at Nebraska next year. I don't. I don't think that's any secret. Um, okay. You know, the fact that he didn't even talk to Florida pretty much tells you that uh, he's he's headed back to to the alma mater. Um, you know, it's, it's great news for Scott. The, um, you know, it's a difficult job. It's not like, uh, you know, when Tom Osborne was there, it, it's it's hard to recruit to. You don't have a lot of in-state recruits. You have right. to recruit nationally, quite frankly, to a to a school that in the winter months is is not uh, is not very warm. So that's not always easy. But um, another thing that Nebraska's had to adjust to since moving to the Big Ten, they're no longer in the state of Texas, and they used to get a lot right. of kids out of the state, and now now that's no longer a possibility. Uh, what about the rumor about Herm Edwards and Arizona State? And you and I both know Herm, what, had a couple of years as a, an assistant at San Jose State in the late 80s. He's 63 now. And you and I both know he can win the press conference, but would it be a winning hire? You know, it's funny. I've, you know, I worked uh, with, with Herm Edwards the last last five years when I was at ESPN and, and every if I frequently would say hey I heard your name mentioned for I won't name the jobs because the current right. coach is still there but I'd say I heard you mentioned for this job and he's like well they they called me to see if I had any interest but I you know I don't want to do that it's you know he, he actually lives in Carmel California um and if, if you've ever been out there it's by Pebble Beach it's unbelievably beautiful out there so I don't know why in the world he would want to leave that to go go coach at a college um, I don't think from the people I've talked to I don't think he's a serious candidate um, I, you know but then again he's, he's gone through the process of interviewing so maybe maybe he's had a change of mind and wants to get back in the game I've heard if he does do it he would get hire obviously some coordinators that would do most of the heavy lifting 
and he would kind of assume kind of a CEO role over the program. It doesn't mean that's that would work. It wouldn't work. Just kind of his philosophy. Philosophy. But you're right. The, the biggest issue or challenge I would see is with his age. Um, you know, taking over a program, and he he hasn't been involved in the college game for quite some time. Brett, I want to ask you about the college football playoff because you've put out some interesting items about that. Uh, does Ohio State get a pass that others don't in this process, or are we reading too much into it? They don't, because last year Ohio State had the best resume of anybody in the country. I think they had, they had five top 25 wins. They had the loss to Penn State by one point. There was a blocked field goal, so it wasn't a it was a Penn State win, but it wasn't dominating. So that's why Ohio State got in last year because what again their body of work was so much better than everyone else. That's why they got in without being a conference champion. This year, I think if Clemson, the whoever the SEC champion is, and Oklahoma um, win then basically those guys are in. Then it comes down to if Ohio State beats Wisconsin, I think Ohio State gets in over Alabama because Ohio State would, would at that point, they would have three wins over top 25 teams, including knocking off undefeated Wisconsin, which would, would have been a top four team. And Alabama would have two or three top 25 wins based on if Fresno State remains in the top 25, they'll probably lose to Boise and fall out. And so I think because of that, and again, although they didn't do it last year, I do think the committee values conference championships a great deal. And I think Ohio State would get the nod over Alabama. I mean, it was only you know a couple of years ago where Ohio State, some people thought they were among the best top four teams in the country, and I think they were finished seventh in the rankings. So mm-hmm. it's not a, I know it's easy to say, well, the committee is giving Ohio State a break. I think it's just a, I just think it's coincidence. I think if you if you strip the names off the team and 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 put their their uh, accomplishments side by side, and I know it's it's not that simple. You have to watch the teams play on the field, but when you look at Alabama, they have wins against Mississippi and Mississippi State and LSU are their only two top twenty-five wins. Mississippi State's barely hanging on to a top twenty-five ranking, and other than that, Alabama, you know, has not played a tough schedule. Um, albeit they don't have a huge loss to Iowa. Again, I'm I'm going by what I think the committee will do, not what I would I do. But I do think I, I do think they'll go, yeah, with Ohio State. One last thing to look because I don't think I think the last thing the committee wants to do is put two teams in from the same conference. Understand that and I understand what your thinking is on that. But to me the stretch run is November. And a thirty one point loss in November, which is your second to me, is something that if I'm in a committee room, I'm saying, guys, I can't do this. I mean, that that mean, I mean, November is November. <laughs> that wasn't a September loss. Okay, but then how much does a does a win over an undefeated top four team balance out a bad loss to Iowa? I mean, I agree with what you're saying. No, and I know almost, you're at, it, no, but you're asking a good question that in the committee room they would ask. Right, but then, but then on the flip side, they really don't value Wisconsin that much because Wisconsin's twelve and zero, and they're fourth. Yeah, <laughs> so they're the I mean, last exactly. one in. So that, and but but then look at Wisconsin's body of work. 
they have one top 25 win. Yeah. And that's it. So, and that's Northwestern, which was back in September. So, if they're going to grade Wisconsin like that, you you would think they would look at Alabama the same way. They're Alabama and Wisconsin's resumes are are not that different. They really aren't. Right. And there they are at four point. and five. So yeah, again, I I honestly don't care who gets in. I I I'm okay. hoping. Ohio State beats Wisconsin because I want the committee to have a hard decision because the first three years they've gotten a pass. I still think right. they screwed TCU the first year, but I think yep. they've gotten a pass, and this is going to be the first real challenge. Make no, I mean, it, it's, it'll be a gold mine for you on Monday because you're going to have Ohio State fans going ballistic or you're going to have SEC Alabama fans going ballistic on whoever gets left out. And just keep this in mind, and maybe this is what's so frustrating for so many people. There is no right answer. It's This is simply a beauty contest. And there's 13 people, and they're going to pick who they think are the most beautiful teams. And they may disagree with you and I and a million other people on the face of the earth, but it <laughs> it doesn't matter. Their opinions are the only ones that matter. That was a fun conversation, Brett. I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. It was a great back, a great back and forth. Always appreciate the great work that you do. Thank you. I appreciate it. Brett McMurphy joining us. Now, that was a fun little give and take there. I, I enjoyed that. We will come back with more in a moment and wrap it up here from Raleigh, North Carolina, here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our great friends at Sunbury Motors. Here in Raleigh, North Carolina, where Penn State plays basketball tonight, the Big Ten ACC Challenge. The Nittany Lions will take on NC State at 7.15 on at 7 o'clock. That's after Santa and the Magic Radio. What a great tradition that is. Uh, And uh, 85th year we've done it. 85th time. 84 years overall, 85th time. Started in 1933. Wow. Amazing, huh? Really, uh, that's that's fun. That is a tradition that is worthy of discussion, isn't it? And we're actually kicking it up a notch for the first time ever. You can watch Talk to Santa. You can go to our News Radio 1070 WKOK Facebook. We'll have a Facebook Live video up and running beginning at 6. Wow. Uh, check it out on the Steve Jones Show podcast. Brett McMurphy, Donnie Collins, Andy Russell. Dan Walken's going to be on tomorrow from USA Today. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, uh, talking with him. And then we're going to do the show in Iowa. <laughs> oh, we're going to do the show in Iowa coming up on Friday. Uh, at some point, we'll settle back into the Sunbury Motors studio. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that moment, to be honest with you. It's ah, so I'm looking forward to that uh, very much uh, because when I get to Iowa, that will be five of six for me on the road. <laughs> so we'll be doing a little traveling here of late. But on the positive note, I'm racking up. Uh, Marriott points left and right. <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. 
<laughs> no, I mean, really, we're racking, we're racking up those uh, Marriott points. For, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm impressed. All right. Um, I know that the suit would like to borrow some. Um, and not only that, on behalf of the company, they'd like to send them out of town. So, uh, what? <laughs> Nothing. And the suit knows all about the December 16th uh, company party, right? Locked in, right. I hope so. I hope he's locked in. 1-6. Yeah. As long as Jamie understands what we're doing here. <laughs> Crystal clear. She better be. <laughs> The critical part is, like, just follow our lead on this. <laughs> be better for the whole party. We got if this. If you do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Help us help you. <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats to Joe Moran. He deserves it. You know, it's an interesting name that's out there right now that uh, I wonder where he's going to land. Brett Bielema. You know, say, for example, Nebraska didn't hire Scott Frost. You know, stylistically, Brett Bielema would fit, wouldn't he? I mean, seriously, think about that. I mean, with the style that they've played over the years, Brett Bielema would probably fit what they're doing. Now, in the end, I think almost all of us expect Scott Frost to be that guy and to get it. I've got that part. But Bielema is sitting out there, and stylistically, you know what? Uh, maybe I'd be the sexiest hire, but a guy that has uh, been around the block. And getting back to Tennessee, I just wonder how many more names, four, five, six other names are going to get kicked around before finally the name T. Martin gets brought up. Well, he's the offensive coordinator at USC, and I thought, to be honest with you, I thought he'd be one of the first names brought up. Led them to the national championship after Peyton Manning went to the NFL. Has carved out a nice... Resume, especially as the offensive coordinator at USC, working with Sam Darnold. Wow. Something tells me that is a fan base that cannot be made happy. All right, tonight, 7 15, 7 o'clock after Santa here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Today's show has been brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, and Hummel's Wharf. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.